the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I'm dreaming of a white Christmas Just like the ones I used to know Where those streets are Listen and children listen They are people who will give you hope for America's future. Two of the biggest stars of PragerU, two young people in their 20s, Amala Epunobi and Will Witt. What's up, everybody? Good morning. This is Will Witt, joined with Amala Epunobi. We are subbing in for Dennis Prager. I actually... I don't know where he is today. I don't know, you know where Dennis is either. Playing a day of hooky, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Isn't it nice to have this load up to Christmas music? It is. There's really nothing better to get into the holiday spirit. I know that some people on the left don't even want to say Merry Christmas. So we are here celebrating to the fullest extent the holiday season. Yes, or Christmas season. Favorite I time of say. year for me. It is the best time of year. Guys, we are so happy that you are here joining us today. My name, again, is Will Witt with Amala Epinobi. And before we get started, Amala is going to tell you a little bit about, you know, what she does at PragerU and, and, and her adventures with leftism. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm PragerU's newest uh, personality. Will is the OG. I joined PragerU. No old news. <laughs> I joined PragerU about seven or eight months ago. But I think uh, what's particularly interesting about my story and how I ended up working at PragerU and being influenced by Dennis Prager is that I was raised uh, very, very leftist in a radical leftist household. My single mother of three happens to work for the political left. She continues to do so to this day. So I was raised with the leftist ideology and the tenets of that ideology, uh, much of which was surrounding uh, my race and my gender. So from a very young age, I was very cognizant of where I where my place was in the world in regard to how the left viewed me. So as a black female, I was going to have a lot of barriers placed in front of me for my success. Things were going to be a little bit harder for me than they would be for somebody like Will, you know, the strong white male, the white male capitalist. <laughs> so I grew up with that. As you can imagine, growing up with that sort of idea, I was an extremely angry young person. I was angry at the people around me. I was angry at America, and I wanted to fight. So I graduated high school and and immediately began working for a leftist organization as a youth organizer, going around and teaching young people about all the things that I had learned about oppression and patriarchy, because I thought that was what you needed to do. And I lasted about a year in that job. I tell anybody who supports the left the best way to break that support is to go and work for them. Um, and When you say the word learned all these things, it's not yes. so much as learned. No. It's more just... <laughs> 
taught <laughs> right. taught the brainwashing right. that they told you. Right, right. I I was definitely indoctrinated and I thought, you know what the best thing to do with this indoctrination is? To go and indoctrinate more people. Let's spread the, the good word. So I went and did that. Uh, I eventually woke up and came to my senses after having amassed a bunch of questions that weren't answered by my coworkers. So I went on the internet, found a bunch of compassionate conservatives who were willing to break through sort of the barriers that I'd placed in front with my ideology. And after after a year or so, I started making videos on the internet that went viral about my conservative beliefs, and prayer you snatched me up. So here I am. Wow, Amala. It's truly <laughs> remarkable. To, to take my spot at prayer you is really right. quite, quite a feat. So about me, I mean, if, if you haven't heard my story, uh, essentially I grew up in Colorado, went to CU Boulder. It was filled with leftism when I was on the left and found out about prayer you. And long story short, I made a video for prayer you and dropped out of school after two years to move to Los Angeles to work for prayer you. But I'll tell you guys a different story because I, I always open with that story. And so I want to give something that is a little bit different than the norm. When I started for Prager U, this was when I was a, I was pretty unknown at this point. I maybe had 5,000 followers, 10,000 followers on Instagram or something like that. It was very small. Prager U had a lot less followers as well. And I was offered to go and do a speech. It was a speech for a Prager Force student here in Los Angeles. And she said, why don't you come to my class and talk about Prager U and all of the things that you guys believe in? I was like, okay, that sounds cool. I've never really given a speech before, but I'm going to go and do it regardless because I, I believe in these things. Mm-hmm. And so I went, and I didn't know that every single person who was in this audience was a leftist student except for the girl who brought me out from Prager Force, our student program. And if you guys know anything about high school kids or young people in general, you know that they are mean and they are ruthless. Right. And <laughs> when I went there, I mean, I did – it was probably the worst performance of my life. It was absolutely terrible. I mean, even worse than me <laughs> playing hockey okay. in elementary school and, and, and getting decked on the rink. This was terrible. And after giving this speech and, and talking to all these people and having them yell at me and berate me, there was a moment where I could have stopped doing what I do. I could have said, well, I'm just not going to give any more speeches. I'm not going to do these things because I'm not very good at it right now and I don't know what I'm doing. But instead of doing that, I went and practiced, and I went and gave more speeches. I went and gave more bad speeches, and then eventually I started getting better. And now, I mean, I'm speaking to groups of thousands of people every single week going around the country talking to people, and, you know, it's been quite cool to see. And so what I'm trying to say by that, I don't want to sound like some generic person, you know, don't give up on your dreams. Right. Like that's not what I'm trying to say. But – that you can be someone who builds skills to influence people. I know that most people right now, they'll hear someone like Amla or Dennis or myself talking about all these different issues or the things that we have going on, and they say, you know, I can't be that person. I can't be that person who's going to be that brave, educated, you know, orator to go and speak these truths and talk to people. But you can. You can be that type of person, but it takes you actually putting in the work and the practice to be someone to do that. And I know that we all can do that. It's just about it's just about putting yourself as a priority with those skills and going out and saying, I'm not going to let my country fail. I am going to go and speak to people as much as I can. Guys, if you have any questions for us, you can call 1-8-Prager-776. That is 1-8-Prager-776. You can call into the show, especially if you are angry at Amla. You can come and tell her. 
why she is a token, yeah. uh, we would love to hear it. So Everybody's always angry at me. Exactly. No, I mean, that's definitely true. one 8 Prager 776 you guys can call in. No, but it's true what you say about uh, being able to grow in your way of communicating and become just better at being an orator and sharing your ideas with people. When I first started this job, I was a girl who was just making TikToks on the internet. There were like 60-second videos, and half of them were lip-sync videos or just, just random things mm-hmm. that had... <laughs> required absolutely no talent and Prager you found something and saw something in me and brought me out here and at first when I was doing what I was doing going around speaking to people doing our show which we do now every day Will and Amala Live and you guys can check out at PragerU.com I was so nervous all the time even the first time that I was on Dennis Prager's show you can just hear the nerves in my voice Mm -hmm. but eventually you just get used to it and you become sort of concrete in the things that you believe and why you believe them and when you do it's so much easier to talk to people yeah I mean my biggest piece of advice when people talk to me about uh, I'm going to go public speak or something and they say how do I get better at public speaking or talking to people and I mm-hmm. always tell them the same thing it's it's it sounds kind of weird but it's that you know what you know yep that sounds odd but it's like if you are going to give a speech and you don't feel confident about the things that you have learned then you are probably going to be nervous and not do a great job when you're going up to speak mm-hmm. it's like a lot of people want to go out and say well folks I'm going to be a Ben Shapiro and I'm going to know everything about everything <laughs> right like that's the type of person that they want to yeah. be but in reality it takes you finding your niche and it takes you being well educated on the things that you are actually trying to present to people and you know don't kid yourself and say well I've kind of prepped and maybe you know I kind of know this and I'm going to go do it No, be 100% on the things that you know. And then once you actually feel like you truly know those things, there's a a difference between knowledge and truth. Mm. Uh, The truth is something that is inherent inside of you that you just kind of know. And then knowledge is something that is learned. And if you confuse those two things and say that they are the same, then you're not going to be a very confident person when you are going and trying to spread that truth because it's only knowledge. So know the things that you know when you are going and talking to people and you'll be far more successful. Yeah, you're right. I think uh, a lot of what made me nervous about going out in public speaking when I first started was, oh, what if I say something wrong or what if I misspeak and how are people going to perceive me and all of this. We're, we we care far more about ourselves and other people's image of ourselves than they care about it. <laughs> so that's, that's always something to remember. The fact that you even get up there to speak is just a feat for most people and people are already thinking that. Wow, I can't believe this girl or this man even got up there to say these things. And when you know the truth, there really is no misspeaking. Maybe you'll forget the exact statistic you wanted to share or the exact line you wrote when you made the speech or your source. (laughs) But uh, when the truth is there and you know what you're trying to communicate to people, it's fine. It's fine. You really can't misspeak. Well, you can miss me. Well, you know, you know what I mean. You, you know don't what want, I mean. You know, I know what you mean. I yeah. know exactly what you're trying to say. You can be a confident person like that. It just takes the practice. I mean, yeah. this is why I wrote my book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, that you guys can get anywhere books are sold, uh, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, anything like that, which essentially gives people the skills, the questions, the persuasion tactics that you can use to actually go and talk to people who yeah. have disagreements with you so that you don't have to feel like, oh, I don't know how to approach these conversations with my leftist aunt or my professor or this, this person at work in the HR department, whatever. You now have the tools to be able to do that. In my book, How to Win Friends and Influence Enemies, which you can get anywhere books are sold. And if you disagree with us, <laughs> please call. What's the number, Will? 
What's the one eight Prager seven seven six? Sorry, I caught you while you were drinking your coffee. But yes, call one eight Prager seven seven six. Especially if you disagree with us. You know, a while back, I would have when I was a leftist, I would have hated the disagreement calls. But now mm-hmm. that I'm a conservative, I love them. Bring it on, and and we'll tackle them. So please call us, and if you want to check out our show, Will and Amla Live, it's at PragerU.com. You can also support us at PragerU by going to PragerU.com/slash/donate. We'll be back in the next segment. Welcome back, everyone. Will Witt here, joined with Amal Epinobi. We're very happy to have you here as we host the Dennis Prager Show today. But i got to get into this. Christmas is just around the corner, only 17 days to go. So today, we're helping Dennis continue his annual campaign to help boys and girls who have a mom or dad in prison nevertheless experience the joy of Christmas and the love of Christ through the nonprofit Prison Fellowship's Angel Tree Campaign. Every Christmas, with the generous help from Dennis Prager Show listeners just like you, Prison Fellowship Angel Tree delivers gifts and the gospel to hundreds of thousands of children all across the country on behalf of their incarcerated parents. You can make an eternal difference in the lives of these children when you support our Angel Tree. Earlier this week, Dennis shared a few words from Cecilia, a mom whose children personally experienced an Angel Tree Christmas last year, thanks to listeners just like you. Here's something else she shared. I would have never, ever, ever in my life imagined, you know, because of COVID, that my kids, when I walked in, they were going to be screaming and crying. That's from my daddy. My daddy sent me a present. I was like, I mean, instantly, you know, I, I just, I couldn't stop crying. And Prison Fellowship, they, they hold a very near and dear space in my heart. You did that. Through your gifts in 2020, let's make this Christmas the best holiday ever for as many kids as possible. Just go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner. The cost to help reach one child with Angel Tree is only 25 bucks, or 125 bucks will help reach five children already. Thanks to you, Dennis listeners have donated enough to bless over 1,300 children of prisoners this Christmas. But let's do even more. You can call Dennis's special donation number, 888 888- 206-2788 or just go to DennisPrager.com and click on the Angel Tree banner and thank you that is actually the perfect advertisement for what we're about to talk about. This is a story out of Daily Mail talking about nuclear families here in America. Now, the stats around that are really interesting, guys, and I want to share this with you and, and talk about how important these stagnating numbers are. Uh, just 18% of U.S. households are nuclear families with a married couple and children, down from 40% since 1970s and the lowest since 1959. Yeah, I mean, this makes total sense. I mean, you have, especially with the COVID pandemic, you have people getting married later. I think within the article, it shows the age that people are getting married. In the 1950s, the average age for a woman to get married was about 20, 21 years old. Yep. And now it's up to about 28, 29 years old. Mm-hmm. So a lot has changed. A lot, a lot of good things have changed. But yep. to me, mostly, it seems like more bad things have happened. If you guys know anything about economics at all, you will know that wages have stagnated in this country since the 80s. And now with this new Biden administration, we are seeing wages drop even more. We are seeing inflation at record high levels. We are seeing costs of some goods at record high levels, especially coal, among other things. And because of this, people do not feel financially stable enough to go and and start 
start getting married, to start mm-hmm. having children. You know, then you have the societal pressures from leftism, which is talking about women and that they don't need to get married and that marriage is a thing of the past and this postmodernist lifestyle is the way to go. So you have a lot of problems compounding to make this sort of problem. And people make less money when they're, mar- when they're unmarried. They're unhappier when they're unmarried, uh, especially when they don't have kids. They don't have as much responsibility. They don't volunteer or donate to charity nearly as much when they are unmarried. So this is a big societal problem. Yeah, nuclear families are super important to the backbone of not only America, but of any country. And we know this uh, to be a problem in today's time because we're seeing rising numbers of kids growing up with a single parent, typically a single mother. Uh, Fatherlessness is a problem not only in the black community, but in communities alike. Uh, White, Asian, any community, you name it, they're having trouble with fatherlessness and what this leads to, this, this lack of creation of nuclear families. Every, virtually everything that can go wrong in your life has a higher probability when you don't have a a nuclear family. We're talking obesity. We're talking time in jail. We're talking homelessness, not graduating high school, never seeing college, health problems even. And it's just really interesting that there's not being uh, moves made to incentivize nuclear families anymore. And I think a big part of that is the, the family unit is a strong, strong unit. It's probably the strongest thing that you can build in your time here in this country and on this planet and not doing so and encouraging people to not do so makes them weak and makes them malleable and it makes them easier to control so now we have an entire generation of young women that's being told not only should you not have a kid because it will make you happier to not have kids but also if you did you're a detriment to the environment and a detriment to this country and pairing those two things together and then inundating young women with that is inherently harmful to their health their wellness and their happiness yeah, Woodrow Wilson, who was a major progressive, the president during World War One, after he was in office, who he basically was in some ways a socialist, if you go back and look at his policies. And after that, he set up essentially, well, not him, but other people within America were setting up postmodernist universities across this country. And that's where many of these insidious ideas came from. They came from, they came from the ideas of critical theory, right, which spawned critical race theory, critical gender theory. Critical theory is essentially people coming into rooms and trying to criticize every single thing. It's a nihilist way of thinking. You're basically saying nothing matters. None of these things that are structures in our society are actually real. Everything's fake. This is what critical theory is. This is what postmodernism is. And so they have implemented that into our society. And because of that, they have told people that, oh, you know, the family unit, these things don't matter. Uh, Getting married, having children, these things don't matter. And now what are we seeing? We are seeing declining birth rates. We are seeing both parents working instead of just one providing. We are seeing unhappy happier women in America. All of these things are compounding to make us a country that is weak. I mean, the the things that our our government cares about are not the things that they should be caring about. This should be a top priority Mm -hmm. because really this is the fabric of the nation. You have other countries around the world, countries especially in the Middle East, that are having tons of children, right? They are not having declining birth rates. But in America, we are. And that's a huge problem. If you go to Hungary, uh, if you go to Hungary, they have a secretary of families in their government. How I mean that is just incredible. They have a secretary of families, a yep. department of families. Mm-hmm. You know they they have great tax incentives for people to have children and be together. You can you can earn things from the government if you have children. I mean, in many ways, there are things about other countries that are better for incentivizing families than here in America. And I hope that we can get back to a place like that. 
Yeah, young people, if you're listening right now and you don't have a family yet, and you know, go find a good husband or a good wife, you know, get married and and have kids, and Thanks you for will be happier for it. Yes, this is my tip directly to Will actually, but I'm just facilitating it through you guys. <laughs> um, but yeah, go get married, have some kids, and, and build a happy life. You will be happier because of it. I mean, even studies are showing that women who choose not to have children and wait till a later time in their life are just very, very unhappy when compared to women who tried and actually did have children. Yeah, that is, I mean, it is indisputable. There have yeah. been multiple studies about this. There are multiple studies by all po- people from all sorts of different walks of life from different political I- sides who mm-hmm. have done studies on happiness throughout time. And people right now are more anxious than ever. They are more stressed than ever, more depression, all of these types of things. So there are a lot of problems. And even with all that, Black Lives Matter on their own website mm-hmm. said, "Let we want to disband the, the Western nuclear family. Amazing. Right? They took it down. They took it down because they knew that they need to hide their intentions a little better. Yeah. But this is what these people believe. This is what these people believe. These organizations are not working for America, but PragerU is. And if you want to support PragerU, you go to PragerU.com to help us out. Donate today. Keep our videos free. We'll be back in a second. The Thanks. Dennis Prager Show. Good morning, everybody. We are back. I'm Levinobi and Will Witt from PragerU. And if you're a California resident right now, I'm sure that you're recognizing the massive uptake in crime that is happening in our streets, in our communities, at our restaurants, and in our very own backyards. It's extremely concerning considering that the California policymakers are at this point incentivizing this. I want to share a story here that was uh, put out by the Washington Examiner. 14 suspects accused of smash and grab incidences have been released from custody partially through the zero bail policy passed by California's Supreme Court earlier this year. And if, if any of you are in San Francisco right now listening, you know that shoplifting has been decriminalized so long as it's under the figure of nine So what we're seeing right now in the state of California is a bunch of hoodlums running around, robbing people, sometimes at gunpoint, and, and stealing their things, knowing that they're going to get off for this and they're going to be just fine because of these zero bail policies and because of these progressive uh, legislators. And that's the problem a lot of times with progressive policies. They identify a problem. And the problem that they have identified now is, well, we have too many people sitting in prison or we have too many people of color specifically sitting in prison. And they've identified the crimes that they're sitting in prison for and they go, well, how do we help this? And how do we help people of lower income? How about we institute zero bail policies or at the very least bail reform? And how about we decriminalize these crimes that are putting people in prison? And when we do that, surprise, surprise, crime goes up. And it's not only happening in lower income communities, as we speculated before. When the left was running with zero bail policies, bail reform, uh, decriminalization of certain crimes and defunding the police, we said, you know who you're going to hurt? You're going to hurt low-income communities. But now it's seeping out of low-income communities, into middle-income communities, into higher-income communities. We're seeing this in the Pacific Palisades. We're seeing this in Beverly Hills. The crime is just exponentially growing in this state. Your politicians do not give a crap about you, okay? That is the absolute truth. If they cared about you, if if the mayor of San Francisco cared about you, she would fund public works mm. to clean up trash on the beaches, which yep. they defunded, by the way, and the beaches are filthy. If they wanted to help you, they would make it so that people can't just go and shoot up drugs wherever they want mm-hmm. in their city or be homeless wherever they are in their city and incentivize people to do so. They would get rid of the zero bail policy. They let se- – Gavin Newsom, they, he let 76,000 criminals out of jail 
we have now seen a 200% rise in crime in California in just recent months. 200%. It's just ridiculous. And, and, and people wonder about why that is. You know, you'll hear people on MSNBC, they'll say, oh, it's because of COVID. It's because of money things. It's like, no, because you are incentivizing people to be criminals. Yep, you are. That is what you are doing. If you make it so that there are punishments for people's actions, th this is the problem with America right now, is that no one is held accountable for their actions, whether that is people who are committing crimes on the streets, normal people, whether that is for the media lying, they are not held accountable for their lies, or whether that is people in Congress who put in bad policy that doesn't work mm -hmm. and they don't have to be held accountable or they're taking bribes, any of these types of things. No one has to take accountability today. Why do you think Jordan Peterson is such a popular figure in America because his mantra is personal responsibility. Yep. And so people see that, they hear that message, and they're like, well, there are so many people around me who do not feel the same with that message, so they get enticed by it. That is why he is so popular. People need to realize that even though it is harder to be responsible for the things that you do, for the things that you are put in charge of, that is the way to live. It is the way to live to be held accountable for your own actions and to hold others accountable for their actions when they do evil or bad things. We cannot live these lives of, of just debauchery and, and irresponsibility and never have to take uh, accountability for anything we do. We need to be people who push personal responsibility on other people. Yeah, and it's unfortunate that these policymakers are not going to change what they've done until they feel the weight of what they've advocated for. And it is going to start to come around. Like I said, these crimes are happening in higher income areas and lower income areas. And those policymakers are going to feel that because it's going to be their communities. It's going to be their restaurants. It's going to be their front yard. And when it is that, unfortunately, uh, that's when they start to change. They have to feel it themselves. They are so disconnected from the American people, so disconnected from our way of life that they have no idea what they're doing when they legislate these these ridiculous pieces of legislation. Guys, if you want to call us and give commentary on what we're saying, especially if you disagree with us, call 1-8-Prager-776. That is 1-8-Prager-776. And if you're listening right now and you think, how can I support Will and Amala in their endeavors, go to PragerU.com to watch our content or PragerU.com slash donate to give us a very generous donation. Thank you, guys. We'll be back in the next segment. The Dennis Prager Show. Roasting on an open fire. Jack Frost nipping at your nose. Portions of the Dennis Prager Show are brought to you by Sierra Pacific Mortgage. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Dennis Prager Show, now known as Will and Amla Live. Yes. Where we are <laughs> guest hosting today. So, I was at an event last night in Santa Monica. I was speaking about mandates and things like that. I was at this church and I spoke. And it was a great event. I thought my speech went very well. But once a Q&A opened up, there were some people there who were very unhappy with me mm. and said that I was racist and talking badly about black people and all of these horrible things. Right? As all a black person, Will, you're extremely racist. <laughs> I'm, listen, you know me better than most. Right. So you have the right to say that. Right. But she didn't know me. You know, yeah. so she didn't have any right to say that. But she did. And these people started getting a little bit rowdy, yelling at me. They're clapping for me being not uh, a great guy, all these horrible things. But because I'm saying this story because I am used to handling people 
who are on this leftist side, mm -hmm. of people who come after you like this. And some of these people, they get their information of why they think these things about me from a very terrible show called The View, a view <laughs> that should be taken off of the air. And so what we want to do is play you a clip of these people at The View so you can understand what they think, and we're going to go through it. Well, they don't agree with that. They feel that their greater good is more important than your greater good. Well, you know, it was interesting to me that the argument was being made, if you're vaccinated, why do you care about me being vaccinated? You're protected. And that's why we are at the Omarion, Omicron variant, right? That's why we are where we are, because yeah. it's <laughs> mutating. It's becoming this crazy superbug inside of the people that aren't vaccinated. Know, it's, and, and it's, now it's right. affecting us. I don't know why they were not understanding that. We've got like 80 million people they that understand. are not vaccinated. They, they, all, they understand. They we don't want to. Yeah, period. We all, we all understand. Choice, but we all understand that so, when yeah. it comes to, for example, secondhand smoking, right? Yeah. yeah. I, don't want, I don't smoke and I don't want you to smoke next to me because I don't want to swallow <gasps> your smoke. Oh, my Jeez. goodness. <laughs> there was so much misinformation that I just heard in that clip. Uh, we get censored all the time and flagged for the stuff that we talk about and the subject matter that we talk about. They should all be flagged for misinformation from what I just heard in that clip. Yeah, but you can lie when you're on the left, and it's not. It's never misinformation, I so know. it's fine. The fact that I just heard the word superbug in reference to the Omicron variant, it just blows my mind. You should be flagged for misinformation. It's completely oh, uh, false. Omarion. Sorry, yes, the Omarion. I should have said the Omarion variant. <laughs> but I want to uh, hop into this study that we found and we've discussed on our show, Will and Amla Live, which you can check out at PragerU.com. Here's a study that shows the difference between transmission when it comes to unvaccinated versus vaccinated. This is from MedRx. You can go and look it up if you'd like. As this field continues to develop, clinicians and public health practitioners should consider vaccinated persons who become infected with COVID to be no less infectious than unvaccinated persons. So essentially everything that was just said in that view clip is completely false and it should be flagged and they should be held accountable for it. Would they be held accountable for it? Absolutely not, because their network promotes this sort of gibberish and this caricature of conservatives that paints us as these sort of uncompassionate, careless people who want to go out and what, kill grandmas, as we've been hearing for the past two years. This Omicron variant with the current vaccine Om that uh, we have. Omarion. Omarion. The Omarion variant. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about it that people don't understand, do you know that every year when you go get a flu shot, right? If you go get a flu shot, I personally don't, but if you want to go get a flu shot, you can. Every year that flu shot has to be changed because a different variant of the flu. Mm -hmm. If you are then taking the vaccine that has been made for the first variant of COVID, the first came out of Wuhan all, two years ago, which was a lab leak, well, um, you know, gain of function. <laughs> just as a well, side you know, note, ladies and gentlemen. Dr. Fauci knew. Anyway. But if you are going and taking that vaccine, that is like taking a flu shot for a strain of the flu from three years ago. That is what that is like. Mm -hmm. So Dr. Fauci and these women on The View who are in cahoots with them essentially coming out and saying, well, people just have to get vaccinated for it. it that doesn't make any sense because it is a different strain that the vaccine does not work on. Right. This is basic science. This is basic science. Mm -hmm. How can our bureaucrats be so bad? How can they be so disillusioned with what is actually real? Well, I can understand it because so many of the doctors and people who actually do the research on this come out and are silenced. I was just yep. – I just had a post uh, two days ago that I put out on Instagram about COVID stuff, and it got flagged for false misinformation. 
and or false information. And people can't – you have to go click a button to go and see it now. And my page is in risk of being deleted because of the information that I put out that is apparently false. So even though you have these things, they don't want you to put them out. Yep, it's not misinformation. It's facts that they don't like and they don't want people to hear. And you always have to walk into these things with a degree of skepticism. One thing that has changed about the political left in, in recent years is their degree of skepticism. They used to be the skeptics. They used to be the ones that questioned authority, questioned the government agencies, questioned the media. They are no longer those people anymore. They walk in lockstep with everything that the CDC says, that Dr. Fauci says, that this administration says, that CNN says, and they, they question nothing. And that is a really concerning thing to have in your society and in your community and to everybody who's listening i don't care if you find the facts and you deviate from what i believe and you land on another aisle i care that you found the facts first and the fact that we are uh, running these massive campaigns of censoring people and labeling facts as misinformation should be very concerning not only to the political right but to the political left it should be concerning for all american citizens yeah, so remember, guys, if you want to talk to us during the next segment, you can give us a call, 1-8-PRAYER-776. Tell us about what you think about what we're talking about right now. I'm sure that some of you guys are sick, absolutely sick of the mandates. And I actually, at this event last night, I found out some very interesting information um, about U.S. codes when you are actually going into a store. Let's say you walk into a grocery store, you walk into wherever, and they try and force you to wear a mask. You do not have to. Okay, I am telling you right now, with U.S. code, you do not have to. I will try and uh, after the break, I will pull it up, the, the exact code, what it was. I didn't have it on hand. But you can, you can tell them that you refuse. It is not the same as no shoes, no shirt, no service as a private company allowing you to do that. This is you saying, you know, I can't breathe or I don't feel comfortable having this thing over my face. Mm-hmm. You have the right to refuse. You have the right to refuse and tell them, you know, you're going into a place, you don't want to wear your mask. Call, call the sheriff. Tell the sheriff to come down. Exactly. It is not a law. It is not a law for you to not wear your mask when you are going out into a store or whatever else it is. You do not have to comply. Yeah, and we will keep you up to date on all the things that we learn in regard to the vaccine mandates and these regulations that are trying to be shoved upon us as we live our normal lives. We keep you guys updated on our daily show called Will and Amala Live. You can check it out at PragerU.com. We stream every day at 2.30 p.m. Pacific, 5.30 Eastern on PragerU's YouTube and Facebook. You can support us by going to PragerU.com slash donate. We will see you guys in the next segment. We'll be taking your calls. Oh, Marion. The Dennis Prager Show. Will and Amala here, hosting for Dennis Prager today. Glad to have you all here. If you want to be on the show and talk to us, 1-8-Prager-776. Give us a call. That's 1-8-Prager-776. I think right now we're going to take a call. We got Dave in Stockton, California. Dave, are you there? Hi, Dave. Yes, I am. I was wondering, do you think that Dr. Fauci is incompetent? That is a great question. Thank you, Dave. And I can talk a lot about that. I, I think that he is very much incompetent. I think that he should have to pay for the things that he has done to this country, the flip-flopping that he has done. I mean, let's just look at the facts, okay? Let's look at HCQ and ivermectin, two pills that are cheap and effective, that have been proven to work in trials all over the world, okay? Not just here in America. This has been all over the world. Dr. Fauci said he was waiting for double randomized trials of HCQ. Those, those experiments and those trials came, and he still said, no, we can't use it anymore. In Peru, which Peru right now has the the highest death count of COVID out of any country. In Peru, they started with ivermectin, and they saw their deaths go down by 14-fold from COVID, okay? And then the World Health Organization came in and said, no, that's horse dewormer, and pressured the president of Peru to stop ivermectin. And what happened? Their deaths went down or went up by 13 times. 
Okay? I mean, these things are obvious to anyone who is really paying attention. And you can see that all of this is about the money. I mean, the, the vaccines and all of this, the World Health, we'll get into this in the next uh, hour at some point about these people making a lot of money. But mm-hmm. Dr. Fauci's leadership, I mean, if you go back and look at what he did in Africa with testing people, what he has done with the gain-of-function research in Wuhan, uh, what he has done with the AIDS or what he did with the, the AIDS epidemic in the 80s, I mean, you will see that this guy is, is entirely incompetent. And so Someone who, in my opinion, is probably the most evil bureaucrat that we have over in Washington. I'll tell you what, the, the minute that I saw through Dr. Fauci, because I was in Florida uh, when we got news of COVID-19 and immediately everything shut down for a little while, at least in Florida. And I was watching the different press conferences that he did, the different questionings that he went through. And when the BLM riots started to happen here in America, all over the United States, he got questioned about whether or not those were super spreader events. Protesters going out with no masks on, screaming in each other's faces and spitting in the faces of cops. And he provided no comment as to whether or not that would be a super spreader event for COVID-19. And immediately I knew that he was politically motivated. It's not a super spreader event unless you come into a <laughs> conservative event, then it's fine. You know, that's some Dr. Fauci. Make sure you're double masked unless you're spitting in the face of a police officer. Yeah, that's fine. It, it is truly wild how this man has been able to get away with the things that he has done. But but it is because he is in cahoots with the highest level government employees, mm-hmm. with the highest level people in big pharma, with massive corporations. He is in line with these people. Okay? So I want everyone to be able to see through the lies and see the truth. You can find other truths at PragerU.com. We are going to be back in the next segment. Call us at 1-8-Prager-776. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.